Hi, welcome back to The Egg. I'm Jack. I'm Megan. And I'm Michaela. Today is Monday, January 29th, and these are your headlines. Schools in at least 11 states have closed after this year's flu season intensified, making it nearly the worst flu epidemic in the last decade. In Davos, Switzerland, President Trump addressed international government and business leaders. Trump seemed to console the leaders by saying that America first, which was his campaign slogan, does not mean America alone. This is a relief in what has been strained relations with economic allies of the U.S. A second official from Michigan State University has stepped down following the sentencing of Dr. Lawrence Nassar. Mark Hollis has been the athletic director at the university for 10 years, and he is voluntarily stepping down. He will officially retire this Wednesday. In the last few decades, scientists have genetically cloned everything from a mouse to a cow, but they have been largely unsuccessful in cloning primates due to their complexity. Last week, Chinese scientists were able to crack that unbreakable egg. Chinese scientists used a similar process to what in 1996 created Dollar the Sheep. It's called Somatic Cell Nuclear Transfer, or SCNT. Now, before we go on, here's a short biology lesson. In normal reproduction, a female egg and a male sperm combine and undergo meiosis. They share genes and create a unique offspring. In SCNT, the egg's nucleus, which contains the genetic material, is taken out and replaced with a nucleus from a regular body cell. The cell accepts this, and with an electric stimulus, gets reprogrammed the new nucleus. And then the cell starts dividing, just like in actual reproduction. The result is an offspring, which is completely genetically identical to the body cell donor. The Chinese scientists use this process to clone two macaque monkeys. After undergoing SCNT, scientists implanted 79 cloned embryos into 21 female monkey surrogates. This resulted in six pregnancies and two births. So far, the monkeys are progressing just like normal, they have no known health effects, and are playing around just like monkeys should. But scientists plan on studying these monkeys to see if there are any health complications caused by cloning. But until then, the two cloned monkeys are still up to regular monkey business. This past Tuesday, a report on e-cigarettes and vaping was released by the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine that includes assessments of existing studies and topics that have yet to be studied. The report was commissioned in 2016 to examine the effects of e-cigarettes and vaping. In the report, the committee declared that e-cigarettes are safer than regular cigarettes, but they did not disclose if they were safe in general. E-cigarettes may not include tar or specific chemicals and carcinogens found in cigarettes, but they do include other chemicals that have yet to be studied long-term. As of now, there is no evidence if e-cigarettes cause cancer or respiratory diseases. But the committee concluded that e-cigarettes are safer than cigarettes because they expose the smoker to fewer harmful chemicals. This conclusion lends support to the claim that e-cigarettes could help smokers stop smoking, but there is no substantial link or evidence to prove this. 
However, it still stands that nicotine can affect the development of the brain in children and young adults, and depending on the device that they use, the exposure to the amount of nicotine can vary widely. Because nicotine is a highly addictive substance, the committee examined the link between teenagers who smoke e-cigarettes and the likeliness of them using and becoming addicted to regular cigarettes. They discovered there was a trend in 10 studies that many teenagers who used e-cigarettes have since tried at least one cigarette. But this association did not provide definitive proof of e-cigarettes causing teens to use tobacco. There is still not a lot known about the long-term effects of vaping. The conclusion that it is less harmful than tobacco products gives hope to the vaping industry that their products will be FDA-approved in the future. Federal and state investigations have begun looking into if, what, and when Michigan State University knew about Dr. Lawrence Nassar's sexual assault of his patients. Last week, Judge Rosemary Aquilina, who presided over Nassar's case, handed down a sentence of 40 years to 175 years. Following the sentencing, she addressed Nassar directly. I'm just fine with that Applause followed Nassar as he walked out of the courtroom. The judge's comments drew some criticism as some believed they did not uphold impartiality, especially when she said, It is my privilege to sentence you to 40 years. 150 women publicly confronted Nassar during the trial. A few parents expressed disbelief that they didn't notice the red flags of the sexual assault. Luana K. Simon, the Michigan State University president, resigned on Wednesday of last week after being criticized over the way she had handled a scandal involving Nassar. The Education Department will begin an investigation into the role Michigan State played, possibly covering up Nassar's abuse. State officials have also requested unredacted records of the university's investigation into Nassar. As of Thursday, several civil rights advocacy groups are in the process of suing the Department of Education. In September of last year, the department announced that they will be rolling back Obama-era guidelines that instructed universities on how to deal with sexual assault cases on campus. In 2011, the Office of Civil Rights at the Department of Education stated that colleges should use the lowest standard of evidence to determine the guilt of the accused. This guideline was set in place to encourage more victims to come forward after being assaulted. But many saw these guidelines as unfair to the accused. This is what department head Betsy DeVos stated in September about the policy. Through intimidation and coercion, the failed system has clearly pushed schools to overreach. There must be a better way forward. Every survivor of sexual misconduct must be taken seriously. Every student accused of sexual misconduct must know that guilt is not predetermined. These are non-negotiable principles. Also defending the department's guideline changes is the Department of Education's Civil Rights Secretary, Candace Jackson. Jackson was a target of controversy after making a series of comments that invalidated the claims of the assault victims, stating that, quote, 90% of campus sexual assault complaints fall into the category of we were both drunk. She has since apologized for her comments. When speaking of the new policy, Jackson said, quote, I don't think that a presumption that you are not going to be held responsible until you're proven responsible in any way means that the system is set up unfairly against the person who came forward. Stacy Malone, the executive director of the Victim Rights Law Center and a plaintiff in the upcoming civil suit, fears that victims of assault, quote, may not be taken seriously if the evidence is held to a higher standard than it is currently. 
Additionally, Alyssa Brookwall, an attorney with the National Center for Youth Law, stated, quote, The department has no business creating special one-sided rights that give safe harbor to the accused. In the wake of the Larry Nassar case and the Me Too movement, this decision by DeVos is controversial to say the least. The ruling in this lawsuit will likely set new guidelines for how to deal with the increasing number of allegations we are seeing in the press and on our campuses. One rape is one too many. One assault is one too many. One aggressive act of harassment is one too many. One person denied due process is one too many. Hi, I'm Kyle Miller, audio engineer for The Egg. And are you excited to start filing your taxes? You have until April 17th, but why wait? The IRS is accepting your tax returns starting today. To get more information, visit irs.gov. Also, be careful of tax filing scams. The IRS website ends with .gov, not .com. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to us. To find more podcasts like this one, please visit eagleviewnews.com. The Egg is published by Eagleview News at Belbrook High School and is written by myself, Michaela Pittman, and Megan Malice. Teddy Bills Tenney is our advisor. We record in a damp, dark shower room in the basement at Bell Creek Intermediate. Kyle Miller is our sound engineer. And you can find us on Twitter at TheEggEVN. 